live. This morning, we uh, like to invite your attention to the book of Second Kings. The book of Second Kings, and we're going to be dealing with chapter number four, is where we're going to be dealing. We like to say to our online community, we, we thank and we praise God for your, your viewing, uh, for your um, uh, checking in with us and uh, um, receiving the word of God. And uh, we thank you for your prayers and, and we thank you for your well wishes. We are so excited about uh, the viewership from last week. Uh, I just said to, to the church family, wasn't sure whether it was because of the title, it's, it's, it's my party, or if it was because it was my birthday, or if it was because the word was just really satisfying to the soul. Amen. But we thank and praise God for, for your taking out the time and, and uh, viewing, listening to the word of God, because the word of God is a blessing to all of us. This morning, we, we want to uh, go to the book of 2 Kings, chapter number 4. 2 Kings, chapter number 4. 2 Kings, chapter number 4. I'm going to read these scriptures, and then we're going to go through, and we're going to dissect the word of God. Amen. It says now in verse 1 in chapter 4 in 2 Kings, now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elisha, saying, Thy servant, uh, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Borrow not a few. And verse 4 says in Second Kings chapter number 4, And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shall pour out unto all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him, and she shut the door upon her and upon her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her sons, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. Verse 7 says, And she came and told the man of God. And he said, Go sell the oil and pay the debt, and live thou and thy children off the rest. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where there was a great woman. And she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. Father, we pray that you just bless the reading of your word. We ask now, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that your Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, he will minister unto us, and we will receive that which you have prepared for us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Looking at verse number one in chapter four in Second Kings, it's very interesting. Our title this morning is Lost and Found. My, my first topic that the guy gave me was Lost and Found. And then later on this week, he says that it's in the house. It's in the house. It, it doesn't um, uh, 
think we don't we do not understand why God is saying what he's saying about it's in the house, but eventually you'll understand when we read the text. Amen. It says in verse one, he said, There was a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Lasha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest thy servant did fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. The first thing we want to look at is a certain woman. It could, it could have been anyone. It could have been anybody. But the thing that God showed me was that she focused more on her losses than she had did on what she actually had in the house. Her first focus was on the fact that her husband was dead. She found that she was in an impoverished condition. She was in an impoverished state. She was in a place that she had never been before because she had relied upon her husband for her livelihood. And so now of the resources that she had, they were not producing. Uh, uh, then it says before the death of it and before the death of her husband, he was able to produce two sons. Now, the word sons there means builder. They were builders of the family's name of God. And they also, they were, the word prophet there means uh, inspiration or to inspire. So they were builders of inspiration. But somehow or another, she had lost the inspiration that she had because her husband had passed away. She focused, she focused on what she did not have. She goes to the man of God and she begins to tell him about her circumstances and her situation. Uh, let's go to the book of Saint um, uh, Matthew, uh, chapter number eighteen. Want to go to yes, Saint Matthew, chapter number eighteen, because when it began to talk about how the creditors had came, they had come there to take away her two sons. Her two sons were property now of the creditors, or they would have been property of the creditors. And so she was crying out to the man of God because now they are wanting her sons as bondsmen, as the word of God says, and bondsmen are those that render services without wages. So have you ever worked for somebody and didn't get paid? Amen. So they're your bondsmen. You know, they were rendering services that they did not get any wages for. That was her situation. Now, when you go to St. Uh, Matthew, chapter number 18, looking at verse, we'll look at verse number 23 as we begin. This was the law back in those days, that if you did not have a debt to pay, uh, uh, finances or wages to pay for a debt that you owed, then the family members will be taken for that debt until that debt is paid off. Now, Jesus begins to teach about it in St. Matthew's chapter number 18, looking at verse number 23. It says, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. Verse 24 says, And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. Okay? And now watch what happens in verse number 25. It says, but for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, his wife, his children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. 
So the law back in those days, if you did not have the, the, the monies or the, the resources to take care of that debt, then they would take your family until that debt was paid. They sold your family. I mean, I don't know what would happen today, you know, because a lot of us have some debt, and some of us got some debt we didn't pay, right? But thanks be to God for grace that we're no longer under that law, amen, that, that a family member has to be taken and being sold until that debt is paid. But, of course, we don't want to be like the, the, the latter part of, of this particular text because it goes on to talk about how that particular servant, he began to beckon the owner so that he wouldn't have to pay the debt. He began to call for mercy. Well, when he called for mercy, then what happened, the owner or the one that owed him the debt, he had mercy on him. And so, therefore, he told him, you know, that he, he was relieved of that debt. But that same rascal went out and found somebody that owed him a whole lot less and he demanded that he pay him that debt. And when he de- demanded that he pay him that debt, when the man didn't have it, he, he immediately had th- that particular individual to be put, uh, uh, to be incarcerated, for his family to be sold. And, and see, sometimes we will not have mercy. Sometimes people have mercy on us, but then sometimes we don't want to show the mercy, right? We'll go out and we'll do something entirely different, Amen. We will not show mercy, okay? Now, let's go back to, to 2 Kings. Brenda, slow down. Let's go back to 2 Kings chapter number 4. So she's focusing on the fact that she's at a loss. She's at a loss. Now, verse number 2 says, because she, she went to the prophet, Elisha. Elisha means God of salvation. She goes to the prophet. And in verse number 2, the prophet responds to her request. And he says, And Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Hmm. The only thing she sees that she has in the house is a pot of oil. Now, you have to understand that 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 oil represents the anointing. She showed little value of what she had on the inside. See, oftentimes God says this. God says, oftentimes we focus on what we've lost rather than what we actually have in the house. Many gifts are lying within the house, within our temple, that is lying dormant that we're not using. Sometimes when, when difficult times come, and, and difficult times will come, we look for, for the outwardness of man's resources to supply our needs. But God has gifted us with things on the inside that will be able and is able to be, bring resources into our own home because we have these gifts in these earthen vessels here. Have you ever thought about, okay, uh, sometimes, how many of you can kind of work on your own car? Those that do have a car, you work on your own car, okay? So when hard times come and you, and you need to find a means to use that gift where you can work on someone's automobile, amen, rather than go pay the man. And sometimes we will go pay, pay the individual 
rather than using that wisdom and knowledge and gifting God has given us to, to be able to work on it ourselves and save us some money. Amen? Amen. So there are many different things within us, many talents, many gifts that God has placed within us that we need to wake up. Amen? Um, we had an encounter. We had an encounter uh, a couple of weeks ago with a young man who had came and he came to our house to show us an apparatus. Of course, you know, I wasn't going to pay $3,000 for a vacuum cleaner. You know, my whole purpose for allowing him to come was to get the free gift. <laughs> Amen. I, I didn't want to go out and pay the 200 some dollars for that, uh, but I needed that apparatus that they were offering if you would listen. Well, I didn't know that the presentation was going to last three hours. Amen. I'm thinking 30 minutes, brother. I'm thinking 30 minutes. And, of course, I did not tell Dr. Manley until the person actually arrived. Amen. <laughs> so I wake him up, and I said, we have somebody here to show us a presentation. And he said, well, Brenda, and of course it was 10 o'clock in the morning, and he was still asleep, so I, I woke him up, amen. And of course, a lot of things happened during that transaction. But the young man began to share with us his testimony. He, he was 50 years old. He used to play football. He played basketball. And he thought he still had it, okay? <laughs> you know how we all do. We like still like to be young, you know. When the numbers come, we still like to be young. Amen. And, and what happened in his situation, he decided to go out and play basketball. And, of course, he did not listen to his wife. His wife says to him, now, you know you're too old to go out there with those young guys and play basketball. Well, what happened? He broke his arm. Amen. He, there's some things that was destroyed. He had a terrible fall, which caused him to not be able to operate on the job where he was. So he had to learn another means to get resources. So once again, after his wife told him, you don't need to go, and I'm sure she didn't say, I told you, so I'm sure he heard it himself, amen. After that, she says to him, she said, use what you have. And he looked at her and he said, well, I don't have anything. Just like the text, just like the lady, just like most of us, we say we don't have anything. Amen. So the first thing she says to him, well, you got a gift of gab. He knew how to talk. He knew how to persuade people. He, he knew how to do presentations. He knew how to be a salesman. So that's how he ended up selling uh, uh, these different apparatuses, the, 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 the rainbow cleaner. That's how he ended up doing that and, and was very successful. I think he said he only had been doing it for two months because, you know, he had to heal. And plus his little peaky finger had locked up in the process of healing. So he had some deficiencies there. And, and the income wasn't flowing as it was. But he said within those two months, and I don't know how many cold calls he had to make, but he said he made $5,000 in two months. Well, I mean, it, three, you can do with maybe three people uh, during the course of a day if they're going to be there for three hours. Amen. But I learned something from him when he said now, he said, now, my wife told me I had a gift of gap. And so he began to use that gift. So the question God wants to ask each of us, what gift do you have that God has given you that you're able to use as a backup plan if you need to? So you got to think about, you have to think about it. What is it that you're good at? 
Well, what is it that God has gifted you to do? I mean, for some, it might be the music, amen? For some, it, 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 it might be where you, you too have a gift or gap. Or it may be ministering to others or, or giving directions to others or helping those people that are homeless on the street. Whatever it is, there is a gift that God has placed on the inside of each one of us. We have to awaken those gifts, not allow them to be dormant because it's in the house. It's in the house. It's within each one of us. I used to have a pastor. He's passed away now. I guess it's been about 25 years, um, maybe 30. And I, when I began to study this text, immediately his words came back to my memory. And whenever the church needed anything, any time for a resource or whatever the church needed, he would always say, it's in the house. It's in the house. He never told us to go outside the house to do anything to bring resources in. He says, it's in the house. And we found that to be true. Even in this text, it says, Elijah says to her that she asked him, what do you have? And the only thing she said, I have said a small a pot of oil. She did not put any value upon the gifting, the anointing God had placed on the inside of her. So what kind of value are, are we putting on the giftings of God that God has on the inside of us? Do we look at it as it's having no value? Some of us think, okay, well, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, my health is not good, and I can't do this, and I can't do this. But there are always something that we can do. I, I had a, a, a friend who ended up, she was, wasn't able to work. She was a minister. And, and she loved to minister. She loved to preach the gospel. And because of her sickness, it allowed her, had made her have to stay at home. And what she did was because she was good at ministering, she, she began to form a phone ministry where she would minister to people over the phone. That might be some of you all's gift, where you can minister to people even over the phone. When you can't get to them, then if somebody's calling you and they're needing a word from God, then you're able to minister to them. She did not allow the situations in her life to keep her from doing what God has called her to do. Some of us said we're not educated enough. Well, that, that's not good because God don't care nothing about your education, okay? He doesn't care about that. He's proof, he has proven that. He's proven that to me. So we've got to learn to use what God has placed within the inside of us. Now, and the next thing God says is this. Before he gives the instructions to her, then... Uh, in verse number three, it says, Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. Now, let's look at Second Chronicles chapter number 20. Before we can embark, before we can embark upon what God is telling us to do, we have to do, uh, believe. We've got to learn to believe what the Word of God says. Amen. We have to learn to believe. Now, in Second Chronicles chapter number 20, and we want to look at verse number 20, and we really want to establish the latter part of verse number 20. Verse 20 in Second Chronicles chapter number 20. Chapter number 20. 
chapter number 20. This is something that has to take place, amen, when it comes down to following the instructions that God has given. Now, verse 20 in Second Chronicles chapter number 20 says this, and he's talking about Jehoshaphat and, and everything that was happening with them. Now, verse 20 says, And they rose early in the morning, and they went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. Now, that word means the trumpet of praise. And it says, And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem. This is the, the B clause is where we want what we want when it comes down to in relations to the scriptures that we've been dealing with in Second Kings. It says this, believe in the Lord your God. First thing you have to do when God gives you instructions about what's within the house, when he asks you what's in the house, you have to believe and know what God has put on the inside. First instructions were, if you believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established. When we believe God, God establishes us. And here's the second part. Then he says, believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper. So what she had to do, she had to believe the man of God. She had to believe the prophet. She had to follow the instructions of what the prophet said. She understood that her husband had worked for him and he was one of the sons of the prophets. But now it was, she had to operate in faith. Most people do not operate in faith. They operate in sight. They operate in what they can see. They don't operate in what they cannot see. But what's, what we cannot see is more powerful than that which we can see. The invisible is greater than the visible. Because everything that we see when it comes down to nature, it came from something invisible before it came visible. Now let me show you something about the invisible and visible in the text. Amen. Because once you believe what God says, now she had to believe the prophet in order to prosper. Now in Second um, Kings chapter number 3, Three is where I want us to go. Second Kings chapter number three. Let me show you something about the visible and the invisible. Second Kings chapter number three. Second Kings chapter number three. Here's a, here's a story that we need to see to be able to understand that most people don't believe in the supernatural. I believe in the supernatural. We all should believe in the supernatural. Amen. Because the supernatural is what we as the body of Christ are supposed to be operating in right now. Amen. This is what we're supposed to be operating in. Now, 2 Kings chapter number 3. First of all, we're going to look at read verse number 9. Verse number 9 says, So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah, and the king of Edom, and they fetched a compass of seven days' journey, watched the latter part, and there was no water for the host and for the cattle that followed them. They was about to embark upon a seven-day journey. They had no water, okay? Now, looking at verse number 11 in the same chapter, Second Kings chapter number 3, verse 11 says, But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a what? A prophet of the Lord. I'm going to put a point right there. Now, Everybody that calls themselves to be a prophet 
is not a prophet, okay? If those things do not come to pass, then they are not prophets, amen? But you need to have a prophet in the house. It needs to be a prophet, amen? Because he says, first thing Jehoshaphat wanted to know, he said before they even embark on anything, he wanted to know, was there a prophet of the Lord? Now, a prophet of the Lord is a big difference. A prophet of the Lord. And he says that we may inquire of the Lord by him. And one of the kings of Israel's servant answered him and said, Here is Elisha, and which poured water on the hands of Elijah. Now dropping down to verse number 15. You remember it says they didn't have any water, right? There was no water. Now watch what happens now. Now we're about to embark upon the supernatural. Verse 15 says, But now he gives them instruction. Elijah would not go out to them, but he says that to, for them to bring him a, a, bring a minstrel. And it says in verse 15, but now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. 16. And he said, thus saith the Lord. Here's instructions. Make this valley full of ditches. Now, why would he tell them to make the valley full of ditches? That means you got to do some digging. you got to do some laboring. But you also have to go in faith. Watch verse 17. It says, For thus saith the Lord, Ye shall not see wind, neither shall ye see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water, that ye may drink both ye and your cattle and your beasts. Now, he's telling them to dig a ditch. And he said, the, the wind is not going to come, the rain's not going to come. But he did say that the water would come. So in order for the water to come, they had to operate in faith. In order for us to receive what God wants us to have and to understand what's in the house, we have to operate in faith. Do you have a situation that you need to operate in faith on? Is there a situation in your life that you, it's, it's going to take the supernatural power of God to bring it to pass? And that means you've got to have faith, no matter what it looks like. It may, it may even sound crazy. Now, all of a sudden, you're out there digging all these ditches, <laughs> and he's telling you, ain't going to be no wind now. Ain't going to be no rain, because most times, you know, when rain comes, you kind of connect rain and, and wind together. But here he's telling you, won't be no rain, won't be, you know, won't be no wind. I can imagine how Noah felt, amen, when it had never rained at all, had never rained, and God goes out and tells him to build an ark. And I can imagine how the people thought he was crazy when he went to building, <laughs> to build his ark. And then he begins to tell him, that, you know, it's going to rain. It's just like people do not believe now that Christ is soon to return, but he is. We just keep on doing what we're doing. Amen. But here it is now. He tells them now. He said, now, listen, you, you, there will be no wind. There will be no rain. But he says, yet that, that, that valley shall be filled with water. And they knew that they didn't have no water, so that means they had, to, uh, they had to operate on the word of the prophet. They had to operate on that. Now, watch what happens. Flip over to verse number 20. Verse 20, because this is supernatural. This is supernatural, okay? Now, verse number 20 says, And it came to pass in the morning 
when the meat offering was offered, that behold, there came water by the way of Edom. Now, the word Edom there in Hebrew, it means red. Whenever you connect anything with red, you think about the blood. Amen. So then he says this. He's and the country, let me read it again. And it came to pass in the morning, breakthrough, when the meat offering was offered, and behold, there came water by the way of Edom, and the country was filled with water. What if they had not followed the instructions of the prophet? It never would have happened. And so here he says, now in verse 21, it says, and when all, watch this, and when all the Moabites heard that the king was come up to fight against them, they gathered all that was able to put on armor and upward, and they stood in the border. Watch verse number 22 and 23. 22 says, and they rose up early in the morning, and watch what happens at the time of your breakthrough. And the sun shone upon the water. That means that that was was lighting that was upon the water. The power of God began to shine down upon the water. And then it says, and the Moabites, they saw the water on the other side as red as blood. They thought what they saw was blood. Even though on one side it was water, but when your enemy comes up against you, he doesn't really see you. He, he sees the blood of Jesus. And so because when he sees the blood of Jesus, watch what happens in verse 23. It says, and they said, this is blood. The kings are surely slain, and they have smitten one another. Now, therefore, Moab to the spoil. So what happens here, they, they see it, they see the blood. They do not see you. The enemy, when he tries to come up against you, he does not see you. He sees the blood of Jesus Christ that's been slain from the very foundation of the world. And I, I thank God for the blood. Amen. We all need to thank God for the blood. Because if it wasn't not for the blood, then we would all be wiped out. It's the blood that stands between us and God's wrath. It's the blood of Jesus. Amen. So the enemy sees the blood. And because they sees the blood, they think you're already dead. They think you're not going to operate because, see, they don't understand that God has spoken and told you you got what you need within the house. You have what you need, not in a physical building, but within this temple. You have what you need. Amen. Everything that you need, everything that you can think in your mind or comprehend in your mind, then you have it on the inside of you. Amen. But there's another key here. Let's go to Ephesians chapter number 3. New Testament. Ephesians chapter number 3. Amen. Ephesians chapter number 3. Because we've got to understand something. Even though what God has for us to be able to use is within the house, there's something that waits on you. There's something that we have to do. There's something that we have to be able to, to know and believe. Amen. Ephesians chapter number 3. We're in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter number 3. Looking at verse number 20. Are we there? Ephesians 3 verse number 20. It says this. Now unto him, talking about God, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, God can do 
exceedingly, abundantly, and above all that we ask of him or we can think that we want from him. But here's, here's, here's the clause here. Here's, According to the what? The power that worketh in us. If you don't believe he can, he will not do it. If you do not believe that God can, can handle your situation or bring forth that thing that you need, I mean, it says according to the power that lies within you. The power. See, God's power lies within us. And once we believe the Father, the Father can do whatever we ask. He says abundantly and above, you know, exceedingly exceedingly abundant and above anything that we can ask or think. Sometimes we, we ask too little. We think too small. We think too small because we think we have to do it within our own power. No, we can't do it within our own power. We have to do it in the, through the power of God. Amen? We have to do it through the power of God. Now, let's go back now. Let's go back to Second Kings. Let's go back to Second Kings chapter number 4. We're going to finish this up. We're going to finish this up, okay? Remember now, that what you have on the, on the inside of you, a lot of us think that we, we, we don't have anything to give. We don't have anything that can help anybody, okay? That, that, that's what we think. But God says what we have to help others is within the house, is within you. Now, chapter 4, 2 Kings, uh, let's look at now verse number 3. This is her instructions. It says, then he said, go borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels. Then he says, borrow not a few. Here this lady, she's, in, she's destitute. She's in a desperate situation. And a man of God is telling her, listen, go borrow some empty vessels. Now, you would think he would say, go borrow some money from your neighbor or go ask from your neighbor, you know, the things that you need. But that is not her instructions. Her instructions were to go borrow empty vessels. And then he says, don't borrow a few. That means as long as there's a vessel to pour in, that means that, that anointing, that oil on the inside of you will never stop. It will keep flowing. So watch what she does. She follows the instructions of the man of God. Because what of God says now, you know, you, you, you believe God, you know, you, you, you'll be established. It says that if you believe the word of the prophet, it says you will prosper. Now, watch what happens when she follows those instructions. Remember, remember a couple of things. Empty vessels and also remember not a few. Not a few. Not a few. Have you ever uh, uh, asked, need, have, had a need of something and you had something in your mind and you didn't want to go overboard and you're asking? So you ask for a small amount and then usually that person tells you, well, you know, if you had asked for more, I would have gave you more. I, I've been down that road before. And then I said to myself, hmm, brother, you were just plain out stupid. You should have went for the high dollar. Then you, you wouldn't have to worry about getting that low dollar. You know what I'm saying? But that's our mindset. Now watch what happens now. He says in Verse 4, he gives some more instructions. He says, and when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door. No distractions. No distractions. Upon thee and upon thy sons, and shall pour out into all 
those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. Now, as you're pouring in, and he talks about, he gives the instructions, you need to pour into these empty vessels. Those that, that are full are the ones you want to set aside. Now, there's two ways of looking at that full. Now, as you pour of, your, of yourself into someone, and uh, that which God has placed on the inside of you, then those vessels will be filled. However, there are some vessels you cannot pour into because they are already too full of self. Anybody been there? They're already too full of self. And you can't pour anything into anyone who thinks they already know. And they're full of self. Amen? So then when they're full of self, then you don't want to waste your time with them. You want to set them aside. Amen? You want to set them aside. But watch now. But what happens if these empty vessels receive what you have? They receive what you have. See, we think that because we have little, we have nothing to give anyone else. And when I say little, I'm not talking about financial situation. I'm not talking about that. You know, a lot of times we, we, we become spiritual bankrupt, we think. And we don't understand that, that, that once that seed is on the inside and, and once the power of God is on the inside, have you ever ministered to somebody you was going through? Had a, situa- a situation, you know, and you, you, you know you were going through, but yet you were able to minister to someone else. You were able to fill that empty vessel. Now, God says, now, whenever you're going to go out, as, as the prophet says, he says, you go out and get somebody that's empty, somebody that's broken, somebody that's hurting, Someone, somebody that needs to have God on the inside of their life. There's somebody that, that's at a crossroad and they do not know which direction to take. He says, now, you take that little bit that you have and you pour it in to those empty vessels. The Lord talks about in the book of Revelation, he says, strengthen that which is ready to die. Strengthen that which is remaineth and is ready to die. We've got to learn to strengthen the little bit in us. Amen. We think if we're not on the mountaintop, we think we don't have Jesus. But you know what? It's down in the valley where the nutrients are. Amen. Most times we do not learn our lesson until we are down in the valley and we've got to be down in the trenches before we can look up. But God says now you have more when you discover. Because, see, this woman had to discover what she had. What she needed was not on the outside of her. What she needed was on the inside of her. So God is saying to us and to the body of Christ, what we need is not an external resources. We need to awaken that which is lying dormant on the inside of us. We have so much to give to someone else, even though we look like we are of no value. Because that's how that woman perceived. She perceived that little bit of oil. She said, all I've got is a little part of oil. Have you ever had an expression like that? This is all I got. I don't have much. But you got more than what you think you have. What you have is on the inside. Now, get you some empty vessels. Find some people that are broken. Somebody said, well, they really don't want to hear. Listen, if you go to enough, enough empty vessels, you're going to find somebody you can fill. 
It's just you got to put forth the effort. Amen. You got to put forth the effort. Watch what happens now. He tells them, you can't have no distractions. You have to be focused when you go about doing what you're going to do. Amen. Now, verse number five says this. So she went from him and she shut the door upon her, upon her sons, which is builders of inspiration, and brought the vessels, and they brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. The more you pour out to others, the more God will pour into you. The more you pour out, the more you love, the more that you, you, you pray, the more that you help others, God will pour into you. He said, she said, now your instructions, now your sons, the builders of inspiration, they are to bring the vessels to you. That means you got to have a partner some kind of way. And then it says, and she poured out. See, it was her that had the pot of oil. Now, verse 6 says, And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more, and the oil stayed. You remember what the prophet told her to do? Go out and gather, but don't gather a few. If she had kept on gathering the empty vessels, then the more that the oil she'd been able to pour into others, the more you pour in. But the moment she stopped going out to get empty vessels, then the oil stopped. But the beauty of that, even then, God did not discount her. Watch what the Lord does. Amen. Verse 7 says, Then she came and she told the man of God. She goes back to the prophet and she begins to tell the prophet what has happened. And then he says, now he gives her some instructions. And he said, go sell the oil and pay thy debt and live thou and thy children off the rest. When we follow the instructions of the prophet and begin to, to examine what is on the inside of us that we think is of no value anymore to anybody, then God says, I'm going to allow you to fill others. Then I'm going to leave you enough so that you can live off the rest of it. Because let me tell you something. The anointing breaks yokes. Okay? The anointing destroys yokes. So what's going to happen is there's going to be some things that come up against you. So you're going to have to have some oil yourself so you can come against those things that's coming up against you. Satan will always come up against you. But what he's afraid of is the anointing that you have on the inside. Lost, she focused on the losses. We focus on the losses. The most, most, the most people I've met, in the body of Christ, they always focus on their losses rather than focusing on that which they can discover on the inside of them. It's in there. It's, it's in there. You may not think you have worth, but it's in there. You may, you may think that, I mean, that, that I have nothing to offer, but that's not what God is saying. God said, you got more to offer than what you realize. You have more to offer. Begin to pour into others that thing that God has placed on the inside of you. Begin to pour. Begin to pour. Find you some folk. Pour into them. Pour into them out of that little bit that you have so God can fill it up. Amen. We sing the song, fill me up, Lord. 
fill me up till I want no more. Fill me up. We need to ask God to fill us up, but the only way we can get filled up, we got to begin to release what's on the inside of us. God is here to tell all of us, whether it's here, whether it's in our online community, whether it's the body of Christ, whomever is listening, those, even those that are lost, those that have backslidden, he says, you still got enough oil on the inside to 